Welcome to Your Adventure Podcast, a motivational podcast without the screaming. A hosted, unedited conversation with guests from all walks of life, sharing their own personal journey, showing that everyone has different outlooks on life, choice of career, and that success looks different for everyone. Get ready to be inspired and be enlightened of how we all have similar journeys and thoughts. Anything is possible. This is Your Adventure Podcast, and this is Dustin Emery. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Your Adventure Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, Dustin Emery, and today I got uh, got one of the old co-workers in the studio, which is always cool. I always like bringing them back and uh, catching up. I got Ryan Peaser from Jensen. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, I always, I've always i brought on a few, but I always like bringing back some of the people I worked with. It's always kind of cool to like catch up, see how everyone's doing, especially since COVID happened, or is still happening, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's still happening, and uh, yeah, I'm just glad to be here, uh, be out uh, working from home, so nice here to have a conversation with you and catch up. Uh, Yeah, we'll have to talk about that, Uh, yeah, you transitioning to home, you know, so I'm sure a lot of people have probably feel the same way, you know, how there's a disconnect now. Yes. Um, But everyone's doing good, you know, I know, I think before... I quit. You only had one kid. Yep, had one uh, kid. You only had one. Uh, and in 2020 of January, had our second, hmm. uh, right before uh, everything shut down in the world. So yeah, now you have, have two now. You have a daughter and a, and a son, right? Yeah, my daughter Natalia is four, and my son Nixon oh, wow. is two, just turned two. Oh, the son is Nick? Nixon. Oh, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Is you like having the one of one, one and one? Uh yeah, I, I like both. I mean, I love I love both of my well, kids. Well, yeah, obviously. Obviously, I love both of them. But, no, I know. Uh, when we didn't know what we were going to have, mm-hmm. I was okay having another girl. Yeah. Um, I, I love my daughter. Um, I just told everyone that one of them is going to be probably really girly. One's going to be out playing catch with dad True. <laughs> if I had two girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, turns out they both want to play catch with dad. So uh, That's cool. Yeah, I love having a boy. And yeah, I think we're done now. So it's like we don't have to worry about, oh, do you want to have a kid, another one to try mm-hmm. for a boy? It's like, we have a boy and a girl, we're good. So. Yeah, I think that's why I was asking that question, like, one-on-one, because it always seems like, yeah, when people have, like, four girls, they're like, ah, should we try, like, one more time to see if there's a boy? Yep. And it's the opposite. If it's all boys, they're like, ah, oh, let's try for a girl. But usually, it never goes that way. You try it one more time, and you just get, <laughs> you get another girl or another boy. You don't get the, yep. the one-on-one. Uh, well, that's exciting. And they're close in age, which is cool, because they can kind of, like, grow yeah. up together. Yeah, my daughter definitely does a great job of making sure that uh, my son comes along with with uh, with what she's doing. And That's cool. Whatever she's doing and helps him. Mm-hmm. So I think I've seen him grow quicker, probably um, just because of that fact. So. That's nice. It's always nice. Uh, I mean, for for me, it was different, you know, because me and my brothers were were really far apart in age. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nick, you know, you know Nick, you know, me and him are uh, eight years apart. So there was a big disconnect, you know, in, in our childhood. We didn't, you know. Uh, bond more until we got older, yep. you know, because the interests interests align. Yep. You know, so I always like it when people have kids that are like closer in age. It mm-hmm. seems like there's a better um, like just growth. You know, they grow together, yep. which is nice. But hey, everyone's got a different family, so it worked out for us the way it worked. You know, mm-hmm. and but that's cool that you have uh, young kids now. Yep. It's, it's exciting. You ever think you would have kids or just 
Maybe not so late in life. What do you think? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a whole other story. Uh, we can <laughs> talk about it probably another podcast. But we mm. wanted to have kids, and mm. it took us oh man uh, four four or five years to try. So wow. um, we went down um, what is known as the infertility route, right? Mm. Um, doctors, specialists. Um, getting poked and prodded, taking all kinds of tests on both my wife and I to figure out, hey, we can, we can not able to have kids for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, it was almost like we weren't ever going to have ever happen. And now we have two. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was at one point thinking it was a, it was a lost dream. Mm-hmm. Um, until now we have two. So kind of cool. A blessing then. Yeah. It all worked out uh, for sure. They, they definitely are miracle kids. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Well, um, you know, I, uh, uh, I do know what you do, but we'll get to that later. Um, um, you know, I want to talk about what you first thought about when you were, when you were a youngling, you know, a kid, you know, we all have that like first aspiration, that first dream of what we think about of, you know, what we're going to do with our life. You know, what'd you, what'd you think about? So I got a funny story to add to that. Okay. Um, That's fine. Uh, it's a, it's a running joke of the family still. So, uh, oh. I still laugh about it. Um, okay. But as a kid, probably mm. before I even remember a little bit. Um, I'm told, and maybe the joke's on me, but I'm told by my parents that um, I always had a fascination to fire trucks and fire, the whole fire thing, right? I think mm-hmm. kids like things with, now that I have kids, I could see they, they like things with noise, yeah. uh, toys and all that stuff. So I, I had a fascination with that. I was always around that. Um, and as I got a little older to understand um, and be able to talk and respond to questions, I was asked that question you know, as a kid. I think that's pretty common. What do you want to be mm-hmm. when you grow up? Yeah. And I don't remember what age I was, but um, I re- would respond to that question. I want to be a fire truck. <laughs> so, and so everyone, that's total opposite. Yeah, because most people would say, "I want to be a firefighter." Right. Yeah. Everyone thinks, "Oh, you mean firefighter?" No, no, no. I want to be. A I want to be a fire truck. <laughs> okay. uh, so I don't know where that necessarily was boarded. I don't know if it was because the truck was the biggest thing and mm-hmm. the coolest thing. I, I don't know where that was coming from as a kid. Uh, but that's my first thing uh, that I can think of when I think of that question, what did I want to be as a kid? It was a fire truck. Uh, but okay. as I've grown older and I, it, it, you know, uh, even now, mm. um, things that I look back on, what was put in me was a lot of <clears throat> around that was fire. I, I think I probably wanted to be a fire truck if I was to think uh, at that age. Um, or I wanted a to be firefighter? a firefighter. I mean, not fire truck. You're still holding on to that. Still hold on to that. <laughs> yeah, firefighter. Okay. Uh, but I wanted to be a firefighter. And I think a lot of it is because I, I like helping people. Mm-hmm. I like being uh, seen as like as a helper uh, where, wherever I can. Uh, not because I th- uh, of uh, any kind of glory or fame or anything. It's just mm-hmm. kind of in me. Uh, and so law enforcement, it was something early on that I think was a pretty common one that you might hear. But that was something I, I thought about as a kid. I want to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. And it was always to the fact of, why do you want to do that? It's like, well, I'm going to help people. Um, uh, so, yeah, th- those, those are some of the things that, that early on as a kid, uh, mm-hmm. I never went down those paths. Um, I think I'd, I um, skirted around the idea of law enforcement young, at, at an early age, but never took the full leap uh, mm. to get into it so yeah it's far cry from where i am at now maybe <laughs> it is but i mean you know you always have to uh as a kid you always have to start somewhere and right. I, I feel like it, it's always different for every kid but there's always something you think about you know for a long time as a kid and then as you get older you think about making the step sometimes you make the step and sometimes you don't you know mm-hmm. it just really depends um because uh 
you know, a long time ago. Yeah, I had I had taken law enforcement classes in high school because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And now here I am years later, it's totally opposite of what I'm doing. You know, it's still helping people like mm-hmm. like how you talked about. It's, it's still helping people, which is what I wanted to do. But uh, it's way different. Yeah, I'm not caring again. <laughs> yeah, I think in the grand scheme of things, even recently, um, so I have uh, – Friends, family, um, law enforcement. So I have a huge respect for law enforcement, uh, fire department, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, military. <clears throat> but I think one of the things I think that is a common theme that I see through all of those kinds of organizations or groups or agencies is th- there's a common mission, right? Everyone's in a, in a group, in a unit, uh, doing something together right for a bigger purpose and Mm -hmm. i think that is probably if i were to not to get too philosophical here but that's really i think probably in innate in a lot of people is um deeper beyond just putting on a uniform Mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing is innate in all of us is to want to help their greater good of people right yeah be part of something big yeah that's that was what i was going to go towards right now is just like yeah it's not about yourself it's about like the greater good and then yeah that's philosophical in that sense, but um, I feel like that's normal for human nature to want mm-hmm. that. You know, we kind of all want to be a part of something or be together. Yep. Like I said, um, <clears throat> and it's interesting that you know you talk about that since in the past few years we've all been separated in in a way. Yep. You know, I know it's gotten a little bit better now, but like especially in the beginning, no one was together, and I feel like mm-hmm. everyone missed you know that human element. So it really ties into that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, so what did you do like after high school? You realized that, you know, law enforcement, uh, being a fire truck, it's not where you're going. <laughs> right. you know? no, yeah, it wasn't going to be it's a fire not truck. Where you, not where you're going. So like, what did you do, you know, as a, as a young kid out of high school? Because we all, I think we're all chickens with our heads cut off after high school, honestly. <laughs> we yeah. really don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I yeah, definitely didn't have a... I think at the time I, I thought I had an idea. <clears throat> I was like, oh, I know all the pr- uh, answers to the problems in the world yeah. at that age, right? Yeah, we all think that. Uh, but I I went into RCC, right? So community college. Is that That's Riverside, take- right? Yep, okay. Riverside mm-hmm. Community College. Went to take uh, just community courses, college courses to figure out uh, from there, kind of as a good launching pad, right? I'll mm-hmm. figure it out as I go. And uh, growing up, my dad owned a business with a partner, business partner. So um, I always saw my dad working, uh, modeled very well entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, that's a great avenue for me to maybe take. But, you know, I'll jump into, into college first. Yeah. And as I was going to college, um, uh, looking back, I, I made, you know, some mistakes, I think, as we can all look back on. And uh, yeah. one of them was sitting in class one day and like, man, I could be working, making money. Uh, I'm not really working here, and I really wanted to work. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't think about part time. I was like, I'm like a, I'm a all in kind of person versus like a, oh, I'll work, you know, I'll do this. I didn't figure, out, I wasn't trying to figure out how to do both together. So mm. I ended up working at my dad's business uh, for his partner, and it was a full time job. So I was like, well, I don't have time for school, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this semester, and I'm gonna work. Yeah. And I worked, and I started getting money right at that age. You're like, oh, well, it's great. This is this is the life for me forever, mm-hmm. um, and so I didn't finish college, uh, unfortunately. And that's something that is still on my my list that I to to do, but mm-hmm. has hasn't been done. What, so uh, I, what kind uh, of business did you work in with your dad? Yeah, so my dad owned a um, uh, 
what they would call caterpillar used caterpillar equipment so like the huge uh construction equipment that you'd see uh grading dirt for okay. housing projects or working on the freeways uh that kind of stuff so those machines when they break down they cost you know quite a bit to repair or to replace if they need to buy new so there is a uh, used um equipment industry okay um that basically refurbishes them i think about cars right refurbishing engines yeah that kind of stuff but on a larger scale with those bigger so him and his uh, partner did that they had a a company out here in paris actually and um so i went work there for them it was a a smaller company that was growing and uh, i went and did like accounting hr became just started wearing multiple hats at a small company Mm um and uh, I did some stuff mechanically. I'm not as mechanically inclined, but I was out. Hey, what can I do? I can drive a forklift. I can help move things around. Mm-hmm. So I kind of became a a gopher in those in those regards. But my day to day was a lot of just learning uh, accounting, helping with books, paying bills, um, and then doing the HR payroll stuff. So okay, um, and I think uh, I did like look into your background a little bit. That's the great thing about it. Mm-hmm. Is that is the company name was Recat? Yeah, Recat. Okay. Yep. All right. I did I did see that pop up as, you know, a part of your profile. LinkedIn is a is a great tool nowadays. Yep. Um it does help figure out who people are. But okay. And I was yeah, I was gonna ask you like what Recat was. Um but you know, you explained that perfectly, your dad's business. Mm-hmm. Any uh still around? Uh they sold that business, let's see how many, I forget how many years it's been, but he sold that business. My dad's now retired. Hmm. Um, he sold that business probably 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And then went worked at a, a local um, business here, kind of actually where he started um, hmm. uh, in the industry, in the construction industry. So Johnson Machinery, Machinery which is okay. off the 215. It's hmm. now Quinn. So if you're driving, I think it's the 215. <clears throat> yeah, 91 East turns in that to the 215. Uh, hmm. You'll see it on the right-hand side there, La Cadena. Uh, there's like all this yellow equipment um, used to be called Johnson Machinery. So he went back there and worked there as their sales manager, used part sales manager until he retired uh, about five years, four years ago now. I'm sure it was still really kind of cool to to build a business and then someone wants to buy it mm-hmm. and you sell it. I'm sure that was probably pretty monumental. Yeah. I mean, he built they built that business up here and then they actually uh, started another business on the East Coast in oh, Ohio. Wow. Um, so yeah, seeing it grow was kind of cool from nothing into, um, and that was something that I think for me at at that stage in in life, when I was, you know, get out of high school, Mm -hmm. seeing that, I'm like, man, um, I, I want to be part of that. Um, and not necessarily like to, to go make money, but like, I want to see something grow, Mm -hmm. uh, from what it's doing. And so infancy stage, yeah, infancy stage. And so, um, that was really what attracted me. And I learned a lot, a lot from that process. That was a huge opportunity for me um and then from there i um i don't think it's on my linkedin or on my resume i don't know if it's on there or not but i Mm. did have a stint in uh a loan as a loan officer for okay less than a year that's probably why i don't put it on there uh yeah yeah little stuff like that you don't need to mention (laughs) yeah and it was um what do you do as a loan officer yeah exactly that was that was such a learning experience for me for a couple of reasons uh probably one of the reasons i leave it off is Mm. um it was such a toxic environment really yeah it was really really one of the and i had no idea it was toxic looking back i i can identify that but but then i just thought that's what work was i only had my only other experience right was working at a my dad and his mm-hmm. partner's business so i was like okay uh, i went and worked at this uh, as a loan officer uh because real estate was something interesting to me um mm. 
it's like, well, I'm going to get my real estate license. Um, and so I started on that venture, got my notary license. Uh, and I was like, well, I'll be a loan officer. In the meantime, and this was back in um, around the time when like the housing market was just booming, right? So mm-hmm. loan, loans were, were, were great. This was before the, the recession. Before the or, crash, uh, yeah. Crash of houses. Mm-hmm. So I did loan officers. A loan officer basically leads would come in and you would do the uh, calls of take people interested in getting, buying a home, whatever it might be. Um, and our job as a loan officer was to steer them in the right direction, right? Mm. So the toxic place comes in here where it was, well, do what's best for you to make the best, the most amount of money as a oh, loan officer. Commission. Commission, uh. right, yeah, because it's a, you're commission-based as a salesperson in loans. So make do the, do as much as you can to make as much as you can, but what about the helping? That, so as you can see, right? Yeah, I can see where it's going. It's going right? It's yeah. Like, I want to help this people. This is not good for them. Well, mm-hmm. is it going to make you money? Then do it. And I'm like, whoa. That sucks. And that was the manager telling me that, right? Oh, my wow. manager was telling me that. It wasn't like a, someone else next to me. It was like my manager. I'm like, hey, what do I do here? <clears throat> What's going to make you the most? And I'm like, Dang. oh, wow. This is this is what I'm supposed to do. And I, it, it just started clashing with everything within me. Yeah, how you so. felt about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's funny is like, uh, like there's a lot of businesses out there like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that just like, all right, well, how much can we sell? How much can we make? It's not about like the relationship with the person. It's just like, what do we do? Like, what do we get like in the bottom line at the right. end of things? Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be able to last in a job like that either. Yeah, it was. I would uh, feel bad. Yeah, it was definitely, um, it was definitely an experience and I, I get it. There's a business aspect to every business, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, everyone's good. To, if it is your business, you got, you do have to worry about the bottom line and there are some of that, but, uh, at the expense of, of, uh, of harming someone else's mm-hmm. right. Like putting them on a path of bankruptcy in the future because you sold them a, a loan product that would, you know, yeah. was not good for them, right? Like, mm-hmm. But you did it because I, selfishly, I, I'm going to get the most money out of you by doing it this way. So, mm-hmm. I, and so I, I, I was not generating revenue for them. That's le- which led me to uh, ended, ended up quitting mm-hmm. uh, before I was probably going to get fired, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> it was um, a fine line. It was a fine line. Yeah, right? yeah. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and quit here. And uh, I think the handwriting on the wall, I also saw because about two years later, I got a, a letter in the mail that was like, this company had went bankrupt and oh. a class action lawsuit against them and from employees even, right? So it was a pretty it, amazing... I feel thing. like it came back to bite them then. It must have, right? I, I feel like that happens to like people like that who are in business for the wrong reasons. I feel like something happens down the line and it just comes back and bites you. Um, it doesn't happen to everybody, but and it sounds really cliche, but I feel like karma kind of exists sometimes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, what you put out there, I think I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, it does come back. Or at least it, it'll, it'll attract... Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that type of stuff back <clears throat> yeah. towards you. So, well, so I know your your biggest uh, you know experience and, and time uh, is with Jensen USA, right? It's about mm-hmm. what twelve years, 12 maybe. Years, yeah. yeah. So, is that where you transitioned from uh, this loan to Jensen, or was there something else be- before Jensen? Yeah. So I had I did get my real estate license eventually, um, and I didn't sell anything. Uh, I worked for a broker that I would rent, or they were doing rentals. And so mm-hmm. uh, real estate law is kind of interesting here in California, at least, is you would have to have a real estate agent show a rental property. Mm-hmm. So but it couldn't be just like a secretary or mm-hmm. an admin person from the real estate company. It would have to be someone that is licensed. Okay. Even though you're not selling property, you're, you're just, just renting, renting it. it. Okay. Someone licensed had to be there. So 
because I was licensed um, and I wasn't selling anything, I let the other people go sell and mm -hmm. Roker uh, would let me go show rental properties, which uh, worked out great. Um, uh, enjoyed it. Um, that was a, a, a good experience for me too, working uh, with other people, uh, working with people in general, meeting mm -hmm. different types of people out at rental properties and stuff. So I did that for a little bit. Is this uh, in the Empire? In the Empire, yeah. Yeah. Would, uh, was it just mainly houses that for rent or like apartments too? Or is yeah, that a different category? Different category, yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was, it was just houses. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now I know you were kind of in the more infancy stage with Jensen, like when you came on, mm -hmm. um, at least from all the stories I remember, you know, about when Jensen started and then when they got to different buildings. Cause I was at the bigger building. I wasn't at the small building. Um, mm -hmm. so like, when did you, when did you come on to Jensen after that? So I started you know, that start. Yeah. I started in early of 2010 at Jensen. Mm -hmm. So I'm really bad at dates, but prior, everything <clears throat> I've shared up into this point was pre 2010. Mm hmm. Uh, so in 2010, I uh, found myself looking for looking for kind of like I want to be somewhere long term, right? Mm -hmm. um, and all the things that I have been doing, real estate um, was was good, but I was like, okay, I want to be somewhere long term that is again um, kind of bigger than me, and I'm Build helping life. building, you know, building life and building uh, alongside people, right? And um, I thought I could do that on top of real estate because um, real estate was. Um, kind of ebbing and flowing with, with rental, right? So mm -hmm. I went to start at Jensen 2010, and it was the Ontario building, and that was, I think, like a 7,000-square-foot warehouse at the point there. Yeah, I was maybe uh, employee number 40, I think, at that time. Oh, wow. So there was maybe 40 people working at Jensen at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I started. Man, 40 people, that's such a, that sounds like such a startup. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> especially considering, like, where he really started um the ontario one i never i never saw it or even saw pictures of it uh so i don't really remember anybody talking about it, but i just remember i think the one thing i remember the most is the stories uh that the warehouse would talk about how like a lot of the product was just laid on the floor there was no housing for it really yeah was that was that, that was that true yeah every every morning they would open up the uh there was like one bay door i think mm. uh, in this warehouse they would open it up and they would take the forklift with pallets and put stuff out in even the parking lot of like these are locations essentially mm -hmm. of, of the warehouse to yeah. go pick product from to sell uh, but they had no room so every night would have to bring it in and just kind of like store everything together and every day take it out and put it out in the parking lot for wow. it to be um for there to be room yeah it was that's, pretty crazy that's such a crazy thing to do for a business but i mean i guess you gotta do what you gotta do at least in in such a uh, young age yeah. for a company um, now you started Jensen. What uh, what was your first position there? Because I know you've gone through a few, right? Yeah, so I went yeah. through a few. So, giving all that experience that I just shared already, right? So, mm -hmm. kind of loan officer, HR, working with people, payroll, accounting. Um, I was looking for a job, and uh, I came across this. I've been applying a bunch of places, and I came across this uh, posting for an uh, accounting assistant they needed. I was mm -hmm. like, that sounds interesting. I kept on accounting. I think you know this is. I think the job posted something like a uh, great uh, company that's growing. And I was like, mm. okay, this sounds like something I'm interested in my experience. And I applied and I got called uh, back by a staffing agency. I'm like, I had never worked into uh, with a staffing agency before. So I was like, uh, automatically turned off, not because of a staffing agency, but because oh. I was thinking this is just temporary. Yeah. Like, I'm not looking for a temporary gig, right? I'm mm -hmm. looking for a job that's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And, 
uh, the person on the other end of the phone was like, no, 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 I think there's an opportunity for you to work there full, uh, like permanently, but it's going to probably start temporarily. I'm like, yeah. oh man. Okay, well, I'll try it out. I've never done this, but I'll try it out. And so I went in for an interview <clears throat> for an accounting assistant uh, there at Jensen as a temp. That's where I started. Who did, did you interview with anybody I would know? Or is it people that are way gone now? Way gone, yeah. Way gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and uh, that was, you kind of actually touched on it. Um, I was going to ask you, since I know when I got there, you were in uh, the HR department. And usually, like uh, especially accounting, HR, it's usually something you go to school for and then you work for a business. So it was interesting to hear that you had a route of kind of just self-taught in a way and you mm-hmm. actually um uh, gaining the experience by working that's so rare nowadays i feel mm-hmm. i feel like you get the degree and then you get the job later yeah <clears throat> and i think that's the, that there's a caveat i mean there's like a there's a tension there there's nothing you know again looking back if i were to do it differently i would probably do schooling as well and mm-hmm. do experience at the same time that's that's the key if you can get experience and the degree because mm-hmm. there's also the other flip side of people just like wholeheartedly going to school full time uh, and working jobs just to get by to, to pay bills and all that stuff yeah. with no experience. And then they go apply for the job of their dreams that they, hey, I have the degree for it. And it's like, well, where's your experience? Well, yeah. I worked at the school book. It's a double-edged store. sword. Right, it is. It's a double-edged sword. So I yeah. think there's got to be a good balance. And again, looking back now uh, where I'm over my life, I'm like, man, I could have uh, got that experience at the same time of doing school. But mm. Hey, I mean, um, I know it's always tough for people, but, you know, uh, Looking, there's a reason it's the past, man. You can't go yeah, back and change yeah. it, so you got to deal with, you know, what you're at in the present, you know. Yep. Um, how long did you do the uh, accounting before you actually moved into HR? Because when I got there, you were in HR, so. Yeah, so I was, uh, again, so I started that accounting um, as a, just an assistant, um, and it was like day day one was a, like a working interview i didn't even know i actually got hired until like the end of the day they're like oh can you come back tomorrow i'm like <laughs> okay sure um i really enjoyed the people though i think that's what made it mm-hmm. really nice uh, was the people that uh so the person that hired me was the controller at the time there and uh she just she was wearing multiple hats she was hr there wasn't an hr department back then it was her doing finance controlling uh, accounting doing a little bit of everything fine mm-hmm. uh, facilities um work um, like making sure things were taken care of from the facilities front and then also doing HR, right? So she was doing a lot. And wow. um, so I was like, okay, I'll come back. I can help. There's a need here mm-hmm. um, and I can I can help. Uh, within the first month, uh, they're like, your first assignment is to get us moved from Ontario to Riverside. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I could do that too. Uh, it's not really accounting uh, assistant kind of work, but I could do it. Um, so what does that, yeah, what does that mean, move? Like what, how does that, what does that mean? It was basically helping logistics uh, to do help helping with the logistics of getting the whole office moved over, right? So we had offices there mm-hmm. of different people from IT, marketing, uh, the call center, customer service at the time there. Um, so it was like, okay, everybody here has to move to Riverside and have to do it probably over and over a weekend. And wow. I'm the new guy. I'm a, I've only been there a month. I haven't really met a whole bunch of people. I didn't really know everybody. And they're like, yeah, go uh, go pack up, you know. <laughs> Mike Shea's office, right? Can you, Such can you a help? big thing to do for a new person. I know, right? I'm like, oh, okay. So that's how I actually met a lot of people. It was like, hey, I'm, I got a box for you. Uh, I'm not, I don't work in HR, but I'm going to help you move some of your stuff and help pack your, your office up to, um, to get you over to the new building. So that was my, I only worked there, maybe it was more than a month, maybe it was like two months, but it wasn't very long until we moved to Riverside. Office, so. Okay. So yeah, Ontario was a short trip for you. Short trip. And then 
to answer your question um, more fully, though, about getting into HR. So then from there, once I got to Riverside, I still stayed in accounting. Um, I didn't move into HR until much uh, a few years later. Uh, we still didn't have HR department. Technically, we had the uh, controller still working and doing HR. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of was just, a um, again, a, an additional hat she wore. Yeah. I worked in accounting. Uh, there was a couple other people there in accounting. And then um, opportunities came up. It was like, hey, can you be the accounts payable lead, which is in accounting department? And I was like, uh, sure, I could do that. I'm just leading this process, uh, building out um, processes and taking new processes on. Right. So I took on that process. The accounting department works so closely with HR because of the controller wearing the multiple hats mm-hmm. uh, that sometimes there would be overlap. Right. Um uh, in HR, like, Hey, this is an HR, uh, a task, but I need you to do it because you're in accounting and I'm working with in accounting. Right. Mm. So I would take on some additional things, nothing too crazy. It wasn't hiring or firing somebody or any of those kinds of things. It was more just tasky stuff. It's birthday months or whatever it might've been. So I've started getting into HR. I was like, Hey, this is, this is interesting. Mm. Um, it deals with new people. Yeah. It deals with new people. Those kinds of things. So, yeah, that's when I started my transition into to a little bit of HR. But Yeah, and then um, I'm assuming eventually, if I'm correct, since I got there, when I got there, you were now just in charge of the HR department, right? Yeah. So it's pretty much just you. Yeah, so at one point, so at some point as we grew, right? So, again, as the company was growing, got a bigger mm. building. That building was 70,000 square foot. Yeah. Uh, a warehouse. And started hiring more people, started growing. And say, okay, well, we need an HR department. So hired someone to be in HR to kind of build out the whole department. I was still working in accounting, um, building that department out as well. Um, and then th- that person in HR ended up moving on mm-hmm. um, out, outside of Jensen. So it was like there was a hole that was left, right? It was like, Hey, we had this HR department. It was working. It was building. Uh, we need it. Um, someone leaving. We can't just have it no longer exist. We still need it. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I had been doing, I didn't realize had really set me up to take on HR was I had been just building relationships with people in the company, right? Managers, um, people growing into the company, just, um, talking with them and growing with them and learning their processes intersect and interacting with them. Mm-hmm. And so that's really a big piece of HR is building relationships. So, um, when that person left in HR, it was like, there was a hole that was being missed of mm-hmm. building those relationships. So that's how I got into HR from there. It's funny uh, that you say that, like, uh, how HR is kind of building relationships. Cause I feel like a lot of companies kind of miss that factor. Mm-hmm. And it seems like HR is very uh, mechanical. Like you don't really want to talk to them like ever, you know, yep. um, they're not there for your benefit kind of seems like it seems like that sometimes. In some of the companies I worked with, like just in the past, it just seems like, yeah, HR is just, nah, you know. So it is interesting that you came from that mindset about you actually want to build like the relationships I think the stereotype is if you've ever watched The Office, like Toby, yeah. Toby right? Yeah, that's the a good fun, way to put it. He's yeah. the fud hater, and HR is the fud. They don't pay. like they don't like fud, and they mm-hmm. put the kibosh on everything. They stop the fun from happening, and I, I yeah. think that's the stereotype of HR. Which there is a portion of where there might be some truth in it, right? Where they're 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 looking out for the yeah. safety of the company of employees, making sure hey, you can't be jumping off, you know, yeah. uh, high rise things and, and doing crazy stuff that's mm-hmm. going to injure people. Um, yeah, so there's there's a little bit of truth to it, but I think there's also just truth of just building uh, mm. relationships. So. 
Yeah, and that, that's the unfortunate part, uh, since you do mention that, is like everyone looks at like the bad part of it, mm-hmm. but not like the good side of or the good that you probably could do with mm-hmm. the position. Um, yeah, because uh, Office is a great example. <laughs> Office is a great example. Yeah, all the companies I worked with, I didn't like HR. I was like, eh, whatever. You know, that's a good example. <laughs> it's a popular show, too. But yep. um, now, uh, I think it wasn't until maybe the last year or maybe the last two years I was there that you actually uh, switched out of HR, which was uh, very surprising, actually. Uh, I remember that it was kind of a shock, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, so it was it was not necessarily a shock to me, but I, I didn't ever think that I'd leave HR. Yeah, um, I think that's, that was the thing. Most people were like, no, Ryan's the guy. Like, he's, he's HR. Yeah, um, I felt like I contributed... I'd like to think I did and uh, I, I take pride in the work that I did while I was in HR uh, in building some processes that as we grew as a company, we needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were things that were probably beyond me that would require me to go into schooling. So I started going down the certificate path of HR. There's an HR certificate you can get. It's pretty common in California. Okay. Uh, it's called a uh, PHR professional human resources certificate. So I started going down that path while I was doing that path within Jensen. I started, um, working in just certain departments, right? Whether it was needed in marketing, I would go help, you know, figure out what the need is there, whether it would be for recruiting, uh, for a position, right? So I started doing a lot of recruiting, started doing um, a lot of that stuff. And I was talking to a bunch of people about um, Jensen, Mm. sharing the story of Jensen, why you would want to work here, what makes Jensen, uh, who Jensen is, and that kind of stuff. So sharing that story. And as I started doing that, Within the HR realm of jobs, there's a uh, job called HR business partner, Okay. which I started doing a lot of that. So if anyone is listening and has done HR business partner, it's a great, um, it's a great opportunity. It's a great job. Basically, HR business partner takes uh, HR at a high level across the company and micro kind of focuses um, into a department, right? So if I'm an HR business partner, in larger companies um, mm-hmm. would be an HR business partner in marketing. I'm an HR, I work in marketing, but I'm an HR business partner. I'm working like on st- strategy behind the scenes. How do we grow this okay. department? What do you need? What's the needs? What's what's the needs if we were to grow X percent? What do you need here? So I started doing a lot of that kind of stuff work. Um, and so that's what kind of led me on the path of transitioning out of HR. Um, when I look back on that now, uh, yeah. So your transition was over to, um, I, I can't believe I'm going to forget the name, but the what was the department? Uh, gear uh, advisors. Thank you. I was going to say bike build, but I was like, I know that's totally incorrect. Yeah. Gear advisors. And I was thinking the customer service in my head, but I was like, that's not what we call ourselves. I was like, there's a different name for them. Gear advisors. So that's, that's where you're at now, right? With yep. your, are you still, uh, as you say, the HR business rep for it, gear advisors or no? no? No, since, so since then, um, that was in twenty early 2020 when, uh, when I came back mm-hmm. um, from my son being born that I transitioned into, it's actually a call center. So the Gear Advisors is a department that is really just a call center mm-hmm. uh, employees. We have sales and then we have customer service, right? We have kind of two paths. Uh, they overlap a lot, right? There, you can't yeah, have cu- sales without customer service. Um, you can't have customer service without sales. So mm-hmm. um, they kind of overlap a lot and... Uh, so I started focusing on there, and then 2020, um, the bike industry as a whole, outdoor sports, um, anything to do with just working out, equipment, fitness, anything kind of just boomed in 2020, right, due to COVID. 
Um, and Everybody so we was hired, bored. Yeah, everyone's bored at home. Yeah. So we hired a lot of people, and that's where my HR experience, I think, came into play um, to help mm. there with the current management in that team. We grew, I think we hired, I want to say upwards of 10 people within a year. Wow, that's that a de- lot, actually. Yeah, for that department, for that for our size of a company, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, it was almost like we doubled, I think, our headcount in that department. So um, I focused just mainly on hiring, training, and doing that all remotely. So that was all all kind of new for me too, um, which was cool. But yeah, we learned a lot during that uh, 2020. Uh, and then most recently, last year, um, I moved into um, customer service manager. And is that still within a, the gear advisor yep. department? But so what is the, what does a customer service manager like deal with? Like, what do you deal with? Yeah, exactly. So, um, <clears throat> so we, I guess just to speak on that for a minute, we, we've kind of been working on this path of splitting the team's roles and responsibilities, right? So to be more focused on sales, we have gear advisors. Mm. We have gear advisor coordinators is what we call them internally. Uh, Cause we're a bike company. We have to put everything. Yeah. Everything has to have a connotation to a, <laughs> a, a bike part or something, right? So gear advisor coordinators are really customer service and gear advisors are really sales. If you want to look at it that way. Okay. So as a customer service manager, um, it was really building out, okay, our processes are really inherited processes too from, uh, Previously, it wasn't that there was no, none of this stuff here, there, um, in place, but um, is building out processes to take care of the customer uh, needs, um, whether it be post-sales, pre-sales, if they're trying to buy something on our website. Uh, so Jensen is a is an e-commerce business, right? So there's always going to be something going on, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a sale and the customer's trying to buy something and it isn't working on their in their checkout page, right? So they're reaching out to customer service now. Um, and so we handle all kinds of those things, right? Uh, where's my order, uh, mm. tracking, um, a whole host of things that you could think of as a, as a, probably an online consumer yourself, you would probably mm. find out reaching out to customer services, what you're going to be reaching out to, to get your issue solved. Hmm. So now it's, uh, it's since you are kind of the first person I've had on the show, that's like customer service, phone based kind of that element. Um, that is so new. Well, not new. Uh, that position isn't new. What I mean is that uh, that world uh, has transformed so much since 2020 because we are in this like COVID times. Um, and you might be the first person that I've been able to talk to about that and maybe elaborate. Um, you know, so you talked about how, well, you, you just mentioned it briefly, but, um, you know, now you're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that first transition, because you said earlier um, you know, before we started the show that you were actually coming back from maternity leave, you know, because of your son. And then, you know, they're telling you you're coming back, but now, you, hey, get your stuff, go home. Yeah. You know, so what is what has been that, like, experience, you know, working at home? Because there has to be pros and cons. Yeah. So, uh, funny story. Uh, the first day I was uh, all set up to work from home, hmm. I'd set up a... Uh, uh, my son, it was a my son's crib was in the room, so it was his room. Uh, I set up like a desk um, and my computer and everything. I was like, okay, I'll work from here. And I had this whole plan just so that I can get work done. I'm gonna walk out of the house. My son was a baby, so he didn't really care, uh, didn't know understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah. But my daughter um, was three at the time, uh, or two, two and a half, and so she was like, uh, Dad, where are you going? I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna go to work, right? So I would try to leave through the front door and come back into the garage and come into the office like right sneak in to be able to get some work done otherwise yeah. she would be bugging me to like um get stuff done or 
Yeah, she doesn't understand Whatever. she doesn't working. understand. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that didn't work very long because I got into the office, uh, into my to the room, and then like, what am I going to do for lunch? What if mm. I have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so very quickly, I had to learn how to balance um, family and kids uh they have needs they especially at that at the age they are at now even yeah uh, they can't do a lot of things on their own they need that um um support or they need the help mm-hmm. um so that's been a challenge just to get that new routine um going and figuring out how that looks like uh from working from home the other piece that's nice though is to i was able to see my son grow the first year from home while working so like oh, that's cool having lunch with my wife uh um, with a baby there, um, as she was home on maternity leave, right. Uh, taking care of the baby, newborn. And I'm like, I'm not at work. Like, Oh man, I wish I was home mm-hmm. to see my baby. I'm, I'm working, taking lunch, seeing my baby there. It was kind of cool. Uh, how that all worked out it was a silver lining in it all. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as the, since you are probably more at home now than, um, than previously, you know, since the years has gone by since COVID started, like how's how's the how's the transition still going? Because I'm sure in the beginning you probably thought, oh, this is only going to be you know a short amount of time. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to go back to work eventually. For a lot of people, that's really not the case. Like yep. we all thought it was going to be short, but now everyone is like now in their second, third year being home. So it's like I'm sure um, you know uh, desk arrangements have changed. You maybe have made it better because you realize, oh, this is longer than mm-hmm. we expected. Um, and I only say that because I think about my own family mm-hmm. on some of them who work at home beginning their, their desk and chair was just minimal. It was, you know, it wasn't great. Cause they're like, ah, oh, this is short. And now they have like a whole blown yep. office because they realize, oh, this is like long term. Yep. So like, has any of that changed, you know, since you started? Yeah. For me personally, it's a, it's a funny, uh, <laughs> funny you bring that up because, uh, I was so short sighted minded on that as I think a lot of people were didn't know not, yeah. not sure what was going to happen so I just had like a my wife had like a um, like a I think it was a 10 foot or a 6 foot like plastic uh, rubber made uh, table right that mm-hmm. you, most people have maybe just hanging around for like parties on that weekend or something right for yeah. birthdays and stuff and I was like I'll just put that in there and a folding chair and so it wasn't even like a nice <laughs> office chair and it was You're just like, a folding I'm chair I'm yeah. good I'm only going to need it for a couple weeks probably mm-hmm. so I, I, I'll I'll just work on that. And I ended up working on that for like a year. year yeah. And see, <laughs> and then finally, I was like, you know what? I think I probably should get like a desk cause, or an office chair at least. Cause my back is like mm-hmm. jacked up sitting on this folding chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. Um, it's so funny. Cause like everyone, even the government, they told us, ah, you only need to do this for like two weeks. Yeah. You'll be back to your normal. <laughs> and now here we are a few years later. Yeah. Everybody's kind of doing the same thing still. Yeah. Um, but I am curious, uh, as to, what businesses will do once everything kind of gets back to normal, like a hundred percent. Cause I feel like, is there a need? It, do you personally think there is a need for you to actually be in the office? Uh, I'm going to say yes and no. <laughs> and mm. I'm going to explain it myself. Cause I think the underlying theme that I even personally experienced, uh, business working as well as personal was uh, getting more intentional with my time. Mm. Right. Um, and not just, okay, okay I'm going to drive to work, show up to work, and then my work's there and I'm going to get it done. Um, it now required me to be like, okay, I'm going to have breakfast with my kids. This is my breakfast time with kids. I'm working from home. Uh, I'm spending my time there. I'm not scrolling. I'm not 
answering emails. I'm spending time with them for the first hour of my morning, you know, having breakfast, making breakfast with them, enjoying the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm not scheduling things uh, for work-wise until this time because I know my time, right? And then when I'm at work, I'm scheduling time and I'm being so intentional with my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's number one, I think, intentionality. So to answer your question, do you think it's people should be in the office or, you know, that kind of thing? I think being intentional about it. So I would say yes. My uh, What I've been um, even thinking about and sharing with our team is at some point, there's going to come a point where it, it, there's gonna, probably going to be a hybrid solution for us where, hey, mm-hmm. working remote, maybe once a quarter coming in, but being so intentional that we're not just coming into the office just to come into the office, coming mm-hmm. into the office because we're going to have a training and we're going to see each other. Uh, come into the office uh, and we're going to have, you know, whatever it might be uh, versus just coming into the office like we normally would have it came in, if that makes sense. I don't know. I get what you mean. Um, like being intentional about using people's time to come into the office because you're working from home. Mm-hmm. If I have you come in, it's going to be for a reason beyond mm-hmm. just getting the work done that you can do at home. Do at home. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of what I'm talking about is like um, I feel like, uh, and maybe not Jensen will do this, but I just feel like a lot of companies will see that there's no point in bringing back certain people mm-hmm. um, to the company. <clears throat> I guess it really just depends on uh, does that company want like the human element, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like do they want their people to connect face-to-face? Like, And I don't mean like with the customers and the employees, but employees just interacting. Yep. You know, and just from working at Jensen, they were always big on, you know, um, like the family, family image and like mm-hmm. people just connecting. And they're also trying to connect, you know, with their customers, not yep. only their employees. Yeah, it, that's a that is a, a great point you're making. And we're actually this year focusing on connection, like kind of reconnecting with um, three different relationships uh, okay. internally with each other, employees. Mm vendors uh so the those that supply us with the goods to sell and then also our customers so it's like how do we now that we're kind of in this new uh, quote-unquote normal yeah how do we re-engage with each other um with our vendors those that supply us like i said and then our customers so i think there is going to be a level of balance there of um something that we probably adopted um and i'm not sure that it's official but it's going to be probably like a hybrid Mm -hmm. uh where it's most of the time you're working from home uh, and then coming in the office on a on a cadence that makes sense that's not like once a week maybe mm-hmm. it's once a quarter i don't know what that looks like but that's kind of what we're working on because i think it, it it is needed mm-hmm. um especially in a company uh like ours that it does focus on connection um uh, on a sport even right like yeah it's, it's you know jensen usa for those that don't know is, is a bicycle company right so we're really focused uh micro focused on a uh, a segment of the outdoor industry so even then we still need kind of like some sort of connection uh, mm. beyond just uh point click yeah here's a bike and here's a, yeah yeah so. <clears throat> yeah um and uh, i was actually really excited to answer this question or ask this question because i was curious about it because i had seen the, the effect so you know how when covid started and even over the years there was things uh, that may have been dumb, but they were in shortage of, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, obviously the most famous one is everyone ran out of toilet paper somehow. I don't yeah. know how, but whatever. Um, but I remember, I don't know, it was probably like a year, maybe a year and a half after, uh, the bike industry got really affected mm-hmm. by, I guess, a shortage of steel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I, so up, yeah. The, up, the, up the supply chain for sure. <laughs> didn't impact us from like we didn't we're, we weren't looking for steel but 
the bike manufacturers were, right? So mm. overseas where most of this stuff is being manufactured or even in the United States for some of the boutique brands that are building their own things into mm. the, in, uh, in the United States. Uh, yeah, you couldn't get, you couldn't get still. I think, uh, what, what happened was, um, in, it's kind of like the car industry a little bit and I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, expert there either but mm -hmm. uh you know forecasting okay we're gonna put it we're gonna release this bike uh, we're building this bike and we're gonna forecast for x amount of units of uh, of this bike brand uh, um, this specific model of the bike or whatever mm -hmm. uh, so they do that and because of the boom that we saw in 2020 no one forecasted for the boom right to sell out of things yeah. so then it was like well we're already we've already ended production it's not like you can go build a new bike uh manufacture it uh, within uh, a short amount of time, it takes yeah. like windows of production for those companies, right? Um, and so then they were getting backlogged on still getting to them to even build anything. So it wasn't even a matter of like, well, it would take us three months to fulfill an order, mm -hmm. uh, but we can't even get still to even start an order. Uh, so then it trickled down to us as the e-commerce, as a retailer to be like, well, we can't even get our hands on this bike to sell it. And right? now you so, have to tell customers, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. yeah, you're turning away people, I guess, in a sense at that point. Yeah, so it's been a, it's still an ongoing challenge supply chain for uh, a lot of uh, different industries, but bicycle industry still is having its uh, short shortages. A lot of it is COVID related too, beyond just um, mm -hmm. getting their hands on things. So like um, some of the uh, uh, manufacturing plants were closed down because of COVID. So think about third world countries, right? If like in uh, uh, Thailand, where if they're they're um, uh, building this bike or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, where some of this stuff is being uh, built overseas, if a uh, if COVID hits that plant, it shuts them down, right? Yeah, and they don't have anything. But even vaccines, they're not able to get the vaccines as soon, or they're not able to do it. So like it just was so um, so crazy. Their their uh, medical care might not be as great if they they needed medical care. So like things were being delayed even longer because of some of that, mm -hmm. right? Beyond just like material needs, it mm -hmm. was like there was the human aspect of well. Our, our warehouses were getting shut down, or not ours, but like yeah, the manufacturers' warehouses were getting shut down because of the bodies weren't there. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Cause I just remember hearing about it when it first came uh, like into the news, and I was like, oh, I wonder how like you know Jensen... It, I was gone by then, but I was just wondering, like, oh, how is Jensen kind of dealing with this? Because I had seen other companies, other bike companies, or even other uh, like small local bike shops, mm -hmm. That were like, oh, like we're kind of buying any bike we can get our hand on because like certain companies just don't have bikes for us, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, the the main small shop I remember the most is I'm sure you probably have heard of it is is Don's mm -hmm. uh, little bike shop in Redlands. And I remember them; they were like buying any bike they could kind of get their hands on because they couldn't get any other bikes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I have a uh, cousin that. Uh, is a store manager for Target, uh, so large, large company, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're all over the world, and um, even at some point, Target couldn't keep bikes, even their style of bikes, right? Of whatever they carry, couldn't keep them on the shelves long enough because people were just buying up bikes. Because mm -hmm. again, back to your, what you were saying earlier, they were bored, yeah, wanting to do stay fit, wanting to do something because gyms were closed down. So well, mm -hmm. I can buy a bike and I can go ride. Yeah, uh, yeah, all kinds of different things. So we definitely saw. A huge increase there and then now dealing with the aftermath of trying to sift through the supply chain stuff because that stuff still is ongoing right you see some of the stuff in the news long yeah. beach port is like <laughs> yeah oh traffic, yeah right um uh yeah there's like boats right. that can't dock so they just leave them out in like 
the harbor and they're just yeah. waiting their turn. I'm like, that's oh, so nuts. Wild. And, and a lot of that is, you know, maybe they're down people because of COVID there. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but they're down people. Uh, there's a lot of like different moving parts. Um, it's kind of similar to this. I was, I was <clears throat> reading a, uh, an article about this not too long ago about, um, I think it was in Riverside. Uh, so Riverside has public utilities, has their own, um, environmental like or just trash trucks right they they okay. take care of their own trash there and they had this is had nothing to do with covid mm-hmm. uh they had already like years ago right um hired a bunch of people right and then now people were nearing retirement mm. so people were retiring from their job but they can't get anybody new to get in there to start so they were down people and a lot of people were like oh you know they're down they're short there's a shortage of trash trash truck drivers mm-hmm. in um in riverside because of covid it was like well no uh, if you dig deeper, there, there, there's a high, high rate of people retiring. Yeah. They were just and retiring at the wrong time. They were retiring at the wrong time. And yeah. just, no one planned like, Hey, in 2020, there's going to be COVID and I'm going to retire. Yeah. There people just said, Hey, 2020 is when I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. And they retired and then they couldn't get people in fast enough to train as new trash truck drivers. So it was, it was really interesting to, to like even peel back further. Yeah. I think COVID gets a bad rap. I mean, it's obviously has a, has a big impact on the whole world as a, as a whole. But I think sometimes, uh, it's, it's easy like to blame it yeah everything's like oh it's covid's fault you know yeah it's funny it, everything yeah everything is basically blamed on covid like um you can, it's funny too because you can't even really be sick like at all right like even if it's not covid like it's just mm-hmm. like everyone nah you got covid right and it's like no like i'm just sick like i have this or whatever like it's not actually covid but yeah it's weird how yeah, you can't really be sick during covid like mm-hmm. if you're sick you have covid uh and nothing else yeah mm-hmm. um it's always kind of funny too uh i'm sure you you've experienced this like going into like grocery stores or just stores in general um and people sneeze people cough like everybody yeah. looks at that person yeah. like they're just like a leper like yeah. oh man and they might not even have COVID. maybe they just had an allergy or something they just yeah. sneeze normal but it, it looks so scary yeah like oh, people yeah. freak out about it i've been the person that uh, sneezed in a uh, grocery store and yeah i got the stairs and i'm like yeah sorry you know, excuse me it's like i'm okay like i just sneezed like yeah it is weird how uh, our society has just changed a lot in the past few years mm-hmm. um it'd be I think, interesting yeah i think it's interesting too because a lot of the symptoms um of covid right are all like pretty normal stuff pretty common right yeah. that you might do right like a, a fever mm-hmm. uh, even uh, to a fever that's pretty common for a symptom for a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a fever, it's like, well, you have COVID. Well, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but maybe not. I don't know yeah. until I test. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Yeah, we just automatically assume. Um, yeah, just like you said. Um, well, you know, with all the the COVID happening, um, you transitioning to home. You know, uh, besides your family, obviously, I would assume, and your children. And I know you're into bikes. Um, you know, is there something you do to like? Kind of keep yourself healthy, uh, a mental, a mental, a mental health uh, as well. You know, keep yourself going. You know, through kind of these weird, rough times. There's stuff you do for yourself. Yeah, I would say there's a couple things. Uh, one, obviously, you touched on bikes. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, not only because I work with bikes, but it, bikes is just a great avenue of getting clearing your head, uh, de-stressing. Mm. Uh, you could cover a lot of ground on a bike. Um, I used to run and I picked up biking because I can cover more than I could in running. running. Yeah. I could do, you know, better on the legs too. Yeah. Better on the knees, the legs, everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's a a given. I think just being active, uh, 
working from home, I can I noticed myself early on just being sitting all all day long yeah. at a desk, right? And so I'd get up and move. Um, so I started working out a little bit. Um, nothing crazy, just working from home, a couple kettlebells, doing some things mm-hmm. like that to focus on uh, just releasing some of that. One, staying healthy and fit. Like I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, want to focus on that. But then also just releasing uh, whatever stress or whatever thing I'm, anything I might be carrying um, mm-hmm. through uh, working up a nice little sweat. So do that, and then the last thing is something that I've tried to even work on myself is to um, lean on my community, right? Mm. People outside. So like you, you mentioned, the um, working from home um, has caused everyone to kind of just focus inward. Your home, so. I don't see people as much maybe. Well, things were closed down early on, so there was not a lot of getting out and doing things. Mm-hmm. And I'm horrible at um, calling people, texting people. <laughs> I think about them all the time. Reaching like, oh, out, man, yeah. yeah. Reaching out to people, right? Like, oh, I should call so-and-so, and I, I just never do it. Well, they're probably busy. I don't want to bother them and anything. Mm-hmm. So I've actually become more intentional to FaceTime friends, to call them and talk to them. And that just is a good way of me staying socially connected to people. It mm-hmm. helps, I think, in the mental uh, health of my own, my, just for me personally, my, my mental health is, it needs that. I need to be able to talk to other people. Yeah. And, uh, um, you big, uh, in, um, in church, right. As well. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that community helped you, you know, like through this? Cause I feel like a lot of people, um, who maybe weren't really into it at, at, in the beginning. I feel like when COVID happened and everyone became isolated, I feel like a lot of people turned to, you know, God and like religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was something you already had prior to that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, my faith was, was huge in, in that as well. Um, I think it's all grounded in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that community of people, um, that are essentially going in the same direction that you're looking to go in life. Um, and, um, not that they, are all doing the same thing, saying the same thing, but I can mm-hmm. understand uh, where you're at. You can share and, uh, yeah, lean on each other, pray for each other. That was definitely something that um, I think I took for granted, seeing people in person, right? You, you get mm-hmm. that in person, um, but then now you're not in person. So it's like, well, I'm not going to call someone to say, hey, man, like, I need to talk to someone. Yeah. Um, that wasn't, for me personally, wasn't as easy to do. I had a, I had a, like, I had to practice that a lot and I think I'm getting better at that, but yeah, a phone call, it, it seems like, I think you, you mentioned it. It just seems like you're bothering them. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in reality, you probably really aren't because maybe for themselves, they're looking for that and mm-hmm. maybe they feel the same way as you. Oh, I don't want to call Ryan. Yeah. Uh, let him call me and like, and then you're on the opposite. <laughs> no, I don't want to call me. Yeah, like fine. And yeah. I think it's a, a weird balance. And, you know, no one expected 2020 to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is what the world will look like now. Uh, no one was prepared to be isolated the way we are now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I'm always, uh, I always think about it myself. I'm just curious about what life looks like in like the next five or 10 years. Yeah. You know, have we transitioned out of this or is there a lot of things uh, that we kept because of what happened? Yeah. You know, a great question uh something that as you were talking made me think about i uh, as you could tell or uh, as i mentioned i, I like <laughs> to read a lot so uh, mm-hmm. something i read early on I mean, i'm i'm fascinated too about just like this kind of stuff how it impacts how humans uh, i mean i'm getting impacted by this but how in general like society and humanity is being impacted and then whether it be mental uh psychological like how is this impacting us uh, long term versus mm-hmm. just hey we're in this now uh like 
I have kids, so I'm thinking, are they how are they going to have to deal with COVID when when they are you know in college? I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, is this going to be an ongoing thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we all know that. Um, but uh, what I was fixing to say is, I read this article that was really interesting um, because in in the generation we live now or in the time we live now, everything is so connected, right? Whether you're on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Facebook, it seems like we're so connected. There's so many ways to be connected, whether it's through a text. Like I remember a day when there wasn't texting. There wasn't even cell phones. My parents didn't have cell phones. It was pay phones, mm-hmm. right? So like I'm thinking, wow, we're, we're such, uh, and this article went on to say about that, right? Like we're such a connected uh, socially uh, from these kinds of convenience ways of apps and stuff. We're so connected that way, but yet we're so disconnected. Mm-hmm. Like, we have this resources available to us mm-hmm. and we use them, but it almost to a way I rely on, Oh, I, I talked to my friend through Instagram today on a message to him. Mm-hmm. So that's a connection. It's like, we're really not. That's artificial, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't call him. Mm-hmm. I didn't, Hey, let's go grab lunch together. See him face to face, you know, if we can nowadays. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's really interesting to see like, to your point, five years from now, well, that, Will we, will we will we all have like on AI goggles, right, and oh, like gosh. live in this virtual reality? Like, who knows? It's a new thing they're talking about That's now. What talking about, and so. it's, uh, yeah, I, I I remember seeing the video about you know they're since they're talking about this whole you know uh, VR and metaverse thing, and uh, this guy made the good point, which I feel like it could really happen. Like, people are going to be more interested and more in tune to their virtual life than their physical like mm. physical won't mm. matter anymore and it's like it's a bold statement but i feel like it's pretty true um and i feel like that would be kind of sad to see yeah yeah i think so it definitely uh, and so i guess kind of tying in like makes me want to be or have to be a little bit more intentional right mm-hmm. uh, especially with my kids every relationship friendship marriage kids um uh, family, like being more intentional, being more present uh, when I'm with them. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there is a pool of like, oh, you know, Instagram or Facebook. Oh, it's just habit. People do that, right? Yeah. Not saying it's bad. It's just more of um, having the, the time block to know um, uh, when I want to be more intentional and spend my wholehearted attention with my kids and not worry about, um, hey, how many likes did my picture get? You yeah. Know? Uh, because that... Yeah, that now like that to that what you're saying to that uh, article's uh, point. That's what people are like more focused on. Seems like is what 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 did I get? And again, nothing wrong with it. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with getting likes and mm. uh, getting followers. And especially if like uh, you know you're building this adventure podcast. I think this having conversations with people. I, I love listening to podcasts. There's nothing wrong with those things. Um, but <clears> as you as you start looking at your time, it's like well my time consumed with my, my, my kids are looking to spend time with me, but I'm, is my time consumed with making sure I'm building this online profile that people look at, mm. you know, yeah. and for what reason, you know, I get you. for me at least, uh, cause I'm not building a podcast. So. See, and you also have like, uh, an interesting, uh, I, I don't know if the right word is job, but like you have an interesting job going forward as a father because your kids uh, are going to have so many different things that were not available for our own childhoods. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have all this technology and all this stuff that um, that is just so relevant nowadays and so beneficial to use, I guess, you know, in business or, or building connections. Your kids, I can't even imagine what your kids are going to have, you know, because mm-hmm. they, 
you know, uh, you said your son was born in 2020. So he, man, he's just at the, at what he has now at just a young age of what's available is insane. So I can't even imagine what he's going to have years down the line. Absolutely. You know, and you have to, I guess, try to um, kind of get them prepared for that or just uh, be, be um, what's the word, like, be the best, like, person you can be now you know Mm -hmm. uh, without the technology because you're going to have it regardless Mm -hmm. you know they're they're growing up in a technology age Mm -hmm. you know i have nephews who you know they had an ipad when they were two because it's available Mm -hmm. you know i didn't have that as a two-year-old like there's no way i didn't get my first phone until i was like in high school you know now Mm -hmm. kids you got a phone when you're three because well you need it you know yeah yeah it definitely is a different time for sure uh, on that end of things i think knowing the part is knowing when to use it and what it's capable of what to do right um the best analogy i could think of or just kind of experience that uh, my wife and i had uh, not too long ago is we went and had a uh, a date uh, Mm -hmm. at a a restaurant which is something we haven't done in a long long time Mm. just because everything's been closed right and so not as often as i should uh, is what i meant to say um, we went and had dinner right and so Mm. sitting there looking around and everyone's on their phone, right? Sitting yeah. across from each other on their phone. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing wrong with being on your phone. Uh, this isn't a, a, a me saying that, you, you know, phones are bad, but it was like, there's a time and place for that. Um, I got in the car, you know, got dressed, put on shoes, mm-hmm. spent gas to get over to a restaurant to sit across from my wife to enjoy time with my wife. Yeah. Uh, and I would imagine everyone else in the restaurant wanted to spend a time eating and enjoying good fellowship with yeah. each other. But everyone's like on their phone. And I was just like, wow, this is... It's weird. It's weird, like how 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 we're we're communic we're we're communicating to each other, but then also uh, so uh, far apart mm-hmm. just by sitting apart across from each other as well. So it was just really, it was really just kind of like a an, uh, like an aha moment even mm-hmm. for me to like really kind of I, I look at those not as like oh look what everyone's doing and how bad it is I look at those as like oh man. I got to look internally and what can I do to better myself because I know I do the same thing uh, mm-hmm. when I go to a restaurant. I probably pull out my phone and do a text or I do something, but it's like, I'm sitting across from somebody here. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, it's just, yeah, it's really interesting to see how that will go for my kids growing up. Right. So showing them if, if I, sh- if I, I'm a firm believer, if I show them what it looks like um, to use a phone and those kinds of things as they come available, mm-hmm. uh, if they see me, I'm going to be an example to them. Right. Like, well, every time we went to a restaurant, dad was always on his phone. So I guess that's what you do. You just mm. go to a restaurant, always on your phone. Right. Yeah. If I tell, if I show them, Hey, this is what a phone's for. And when we're at a restaurant, or I'm just using that as an example, but if we're mm-hmm. together, we're, we're together, we're present. Oh, dad was always present. So, like, yeah, I don't have to worry about like mm-hmm. this phone thing or whatever. So, I think that's the angle. I'm not saying it's perfect. That's the angle I'm taking on it is like, yeah. how can I model it best um, uh, for, for my kids mm-hmm. um, so that they grow up? When they grow up, they're set up for success and knowing that I did as the best job I could do. I wasn't mm-hmm. perfect, but I could. Do the best I can for them. Hey, no one's perfect. It's okay. Right. But yeah, I get your point. And um, I think it's a good approach. Um, I don't have kids myself, but I feel like if I ever have kids one day, something I want to try to, you know, um, push is like, hey, like all this technology is great. Uh, it obviously has advanced society and culture in, in, in many good ways, but there's also downsides to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, yeah, for your point, dinner as an example uh, yeah, I don't want to be on the phone, you know, if, if I, you know, have a wife or kids, I don't want to be on the phone. Like I want to be there for them. So that's a great point. Um, 
<clears throat> you know, and uh, for you know the last part of the our show here, you know, um, I just wanted you know personal or or career wise as well. You know, everyone breaks it up differently, but you know, what is what does success like look like for you? What does it mean to you? You know, especially being a father, that's that's always different because not everybody is a father. You know. Yeah, so that's a really broad question and uh, a big one that I'm not sure I can answer in a few minutes, but I would say one success, um, well, I think it's in your intro of your show too, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, success, it looks different for everybody Yeah. Um, and everyone's got to define it for themselves. So in the kind of perfect segue talking about social media and how sometimes that might play into people thinking, oh, I'm watching... Uh, other people's highlights and that's, I want to be that. That's, so I'm going to do exactly what they do. I'm going to get the same success from them. And that's mm. not the case. Right. Um, so one, you got to, uh, define success for yourself, what that looks like. And I guess for me, uh, and just, uh, if I were to boil it down to just like a couple terms, it would be, um, leaving a legacy or leaving something to my kids that was better than what I got handed to me. Right. Mm. So I didn't get nothing. I think it wasn't bad handed to me, yeah, but I want to build upon it and leave it better for them, right? So yeah. that would be successful for me. So no matter, I mean, yes, obviously, you know, saving for college and uh, if there's an inheritance to be it had to be shared down, uh, great. But I think that's priceless as if you can if you can hand down something that has no monetary value. That's like, um, man, I was handed this um, set of values um, that I just grew up in a, a home. That's what we did. This is how we how we how we did life together. Um, I think there. I would call that success over cars, assets. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing wrong with those things. If you can, if you, if you can get those at the same time, even better, right? That's like the cherry on top. Yeah. But uh, success for me would be that I think is if uh, I could leave, um, uh, hand over, uh, let's say hand the world to my, my kids, but like hand over, like at some point, um, Hey, you're an adult. I've done the best that I can, I can share with you mm-hmm. uh, through all my flaws and all the things that I've made have failed in. You've seen how I've taken those on. Now, now take on the world yourself. And if they can do that um, uh, and be, and be, be something even better than me, mm-hmm. that's success for me. And then you made it. Yeah. Yep. It's a good way to put it. Um, well, man, I, I think we can end on a positive note like that, you know, family and um, especially now in these times, don't forget, you know, family is important to everybody. Or it should be important to you. But, um, oh, man, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad yeah. uh, we could reschedule it. I understand, you know, the, the family thing, man. I get it. Yeah. I don't have family, you know, or kids myself. I shouldn't say I don't have family. Um, I don't have kids myself, but I, I can understand, you know, stuff comes up. So I'm glad you, you were able to reschedule for you, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me and uh, being <clears throat> flexible to reschedule. Um, I think just one thing I'd say on the family thing. Um, yeah. Because you're right. There's people that don't have family, right? Like. Mm legitimately outside of uh, I, I was raised with the family but there's people that you know have broken families or mm-hmm. um or, were orphans all those kinds of things uh, i would say community uh, finding a community that you can be a part of um that is people that are for you that are strong that can you know so there's resources out there like for mental health and i'm a big advocate for that but there's also resources out there for like uh connecting with people just in general so i would say I would leave on that note is if you don't have family, like find a, uh, find a, a group of people that you can just do life with. Cause that's going to make life so much easier to do and fun. I so. agree. Hey, we'll leave on his note guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in today to your adventure podcast. Remember, 
life is an adventure, so make sure you live it on your terms. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Your Adventure Podcast with Dustin Emery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast. And we hope that you've been truly inspired and motivated. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Your Adventure Podcast. Until next time, this is Your Adventure Podcast signing off. <laughs>